Today's guest I was introduced to uh, through a happenstance meeting uh, facilitated by my friend here, James. And when I first met this guy, uh, it was interesting because he had this um, this charisma to him, you know, but when I meet new people, it's always this little bit of, you know, you kind of have to feel it out. And that was over a year ago, maybe almost two years ago at this point. And since that time, uh, in the last year, I've met and sat down with this gentleman alongside James every week uh, for over the last year and a half. And I'm very grateful that we've been able to grow our friendship and learn more about each other. And I've been able to learn a lot from this gentleman. And uh, today's conversation will be a, a little glimpse into some reflections after we've uh, had a little bit of a journey in the mountains. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome AJ Briley to the show. Welcome. Thanks, Savon. Appreciate that intro. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, right out the gate, you know, you may know, you may not know, we like to ask a little bit of a silly question uh, when people first come on. Uh, but for you, what is the wildest video you've ever watched on YouTube? Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Wildest video. Can it be a video of me? Whatever. If that's the wildest one. Yeah. I don't know if this is still out there. There was a video of me trying to jump over a fence. I I hit I hit my crotch, and it's me just, just hitting the fence and then just swinging like over the fence by my crotch. Jesus. And uh, it looks it it wasn't as uncomfortable as it looks. It looks pretty bad. Yeah. It kind of it kind of missed by just a hair uh, mm. where it could have gotten really bad, but. A, it was a pretty aggressive video and it was, it was one of those like, Ooh, mm. type of videos. Mm. <sighs> I mean, I've watched a lot of crazy stuff on YouTube though, but that's like the one that's like probably the first thing popped in my head yeah. when I think crazy video on YouTube was mm -hmm. that, is that video? But I mean, I've seen, I've gone down the rabbit hole on some uh, city of Atlantis and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. some uh, what, what's the purpose of the pyramids? Two and a half hours of uh -huh. theories on the pyramids. I mean, yeah. there's, there's some crazy stuff on YouTube. Give us a quick TLDR what the, the purpose of the pyramids is from one of those videos. Uh, one of the purposes. TLDR, man, like 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 20 seconds. Don't well, I mean, it's all I mean, there's, like, there's, a, uh, there's all kinds of things. The, the, okay, the, I learned this. This is actually from Joe Rogan. I didn't get this from YouTube. I, so one of, the guy, one of the guys' videos who I've watched on YouTube, um, oh, man, I'm Jim, uh, is it Jimmy? I, I'm totally blanking out his name, but I listened to the whole his whole podcast with Joe Rogan just uh, just recently, and um, so he makes these long videos. And one of the things that just blew my mind because it's it's fun to talk about the theories, but the theory, the leading theory, is that they're tombs, right? They're just mm -hmm. tombs for the pharaohs. That uh, theory did not exist until like 50, 100 years ago, uh, maybe more than that, like eighteen hundreds. So basically, mm -hmm. when the when the British came in and took over Egypt, they're like these are tombs and everyone was like, Oh, they're tombs. And then that's mm -hmm. what has been taught to everyone. And for the history of Egypt and the, but if you go to Egypt, no one in Egypt thinks these are tombs. Like mm -hmm. they don't, they, they don't necessarily know what they are, but no one's like, Oh yeah, that's where our old Kings were buried. No, they're like, no, these are, these are something else. We're not sure, but they weren't tombs. Mm -hmm. And um, of course there's no mummies or anything found in, found in them. So, which doesn't necessarily prove anything. They could have been taken out. But uh, I, I thought that was like, that was like one of the most interesting things was like the predominant theory 
it like wasn't even something that was considered true by anyone else except for people that didn't live there like people that came in and they they made this decision now that's what everyone believes it's kind of crazy mm. so it's like i i have a my i guess my thing there is they're probably not tombs i don't know what they are but <laughs> probably, probably for something tombs. else yeah. yeah probably probably yeah. landing areas for <laughs> flying saucers Many things are not what we what we think that they they seem to be. Um, this year has been a testament to that. Uh, other sideways question: your your worst? Well, no, let's not say worst. Your funniest experience with a sibling? Funniest. <laughs> you start with worst, and then you change the funniest. Let's go with funniest. Uh, funniest uh, interaction with a uh, a sibling, like growing up, or like all time, or period, just period. Mm, I remember last time my uh, sister and Anna, Anna and I played chess. We were like eight years old, or she was like uh, she was probably eight, eight, and I was like ten, something like that. Eight, maybe eight, eight and a half, and ten, and. Um, I've always enjoyed chess. I'm not like the best. I'm not amazing at it, but I've always enjoyed it. And I played it since I was really young and uh, I used to play with her, but I would usually win. And the last time we played, I was winning and she, we were like three quarters of the way through the game. And she just flips over the chessboard and just, just like, Ah, flips over the chessboard, walks away, and that was the last time I played chess. Or played chess. <laughs> played very many games. Oh, hmm. uh, yeah, hmm. a time. Well, cool. Well, let's get into why you're here. Um, for those of you, and I would assume, really, everyone listening to this has no idea that this has gone on, uh, unless they've talked to one of us specifically about it um let's talk about a journey um Savon, could you so you've had context with both aj and i mm-hmm. could you lay the framework on on what the depth of the context prior to journey or just in general looks yeah, like between for us? sure uh so i know you james from uga we met in spanish class uh, i think it was sophomore year it was either sophomore junior year and then uh we kept in touch after we graduated. And then you kept telling me I should come to one of these meetings that you were having. I was like, bro, I don't need to pull up no goddamn meeting. And you kept mentioning it. And I eventually came and AJ was a part of this group. He was one of the people that helped start it. Uh, and that's where I met AJ. And so throughout most of the time, knowing both of you, most of my context with AJ has been uh, in this kind of group setting or this accountability group. Um, so we talk a lot about goals and, you know, um, things that you can measure, uh, discipline, that sort of stuff, business, all of that. And with you, it's 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 because uh, our relationship has been much longer. It's been much more personal stuff that we've gone into. Not that AJ and I haven't gone into personal stuff, but we had more time to do that. Um, and so, yeah, going into this journey, 
that's effectively been my context. Uh, but I will say that in our meetings, you know, it kind of necessitates that we, you know, have a general understanding of how our lives are going as a whole, uh, because, you know, you can only talk about so much on a weekly basis without getting more into the personal aspects of life. So going into this this journey, and I'm going to just go ahead and get rid of the euphemism. It was a shroom trip. That's what the journey was. Uh, psilocybin is the term for it, biochemically speaking. Yeah, we had tried to do this uh, one time many months ago this year, and it was kind of a dud. Uh, I put that on me. Whatever I got wasn't wasn't <laughs> fully activated in a real palpable sense. Uh, but then we got a different strain, and and it was very very potent, very very potent. And so uh, I had done this many times in the past. I've also done some LSD. I've done some DMT. So I've just had more experience actually taking some of these compounds. Uh, but it was something you expressed interest in, James. Uh, AJ had expressed interest in it. And y'all had y'all separate trip, uh, one that I was not a part of earlier this year as well, that y'all that did go. It was active. It did work. And so then this was the first trip that I was a part of with both of you. And, oh, it was, it was, it was a trip. It was quite a trip. <laughs> sure. Yeah, man, it's got that journey. Something, something with a lot of will be a lot of memories. Yeah, won't soon forget. <laughs> so you know, uh, at our last meeting, James, you brought up the the idea because we hadn't had AJ on the show yet, and you know, AJ's uh, for those of you who don't know, he's also a serial entrepreneur, um, and he currently runs a company by the name of Powerline. So definitely check them out. This episode is not about Powerline. Um, nothing in this episode is endorsed necessarily by Powerline. This is all the thoughts individually of AJ Briley, the man himself, and not the company or the firm Powerline. <laughs> but uh, you know, in case your lawyer checks this out, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, so you basically raised the idea that we come on here and we chat for a little bit just about main takeaways uh, from this trip uh, because we all had very different experiences. They were all, you know, intense experiences in different ways. And I'm of the belief that I don't think enough people talk about this subject enough. Not enough people have experience with it. And I'm not saying everybody needs to run into it head on, but I do think most people could definitely gain some benefit uh, from dabbling in these kind of, uh, I'm going to call it technologies in these, in these healing modalities and these medicines. Uh, but, you know, that experience can look very different for every person. And sometimes in the midst of it, it may feel uncomfortable. Uh, but I think there's a lot of game, a lot of wisdom uh, in that discomfort uh, as well. So, so yeah, this, this is really a, a, an episode to kind of unpack that a little bit. And there may be a part two, uh, but this is really what the purpose of this episode is. Yeah. And we don't, we don't, um, I'm sure you would <laughs> you would second this. We don't really have a, a framework for for this episode other than to just kind of go into um, you know our takeaways from this and, and just have a conversation about uh, maybe some destigmatizing of plant medicine, maybe some uh, some you know swapping of uh, antidepressants and anti anxiety medication, maybe getting away from big pharma and moving towards plant medicine. Uh, and then also just maybe the collective journeys. Um, I don't have a laundry list of questions for you, AJ, but if you kind of want to just start with, you know, your relationship with, uh, with psilocybin to start, I mean, we, you know, we went on a journey first and, um, you and I together before we did the journey with the three of us. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but that was definitely a different experience than this one. 
For sure. Why don't we start by talking about why we did it? Yeah, I think that's a good place. I think, yeah. yeah, I think that's, I mean, or, or not, and not just this time, but just in, in general, because there's definitely going to be people that probably listen to this that are like, that's not something I want to do. And, you know, because of the, because of the stigma and a misunderstanding of what the, what they are and what they do. Um, and so, I mean, for me, uh, I'm looking for, I'm looking for insight. I think that's the way to sum up why I've dove into, uh, into psilocybin and, and definitely have, have had interest, but not experience with other psychedelics as well. But anyway, anything that has the promise to provide unique, unique insights and unique uh, perspectives on things that otherwise I would otherwise wouldn't be or wouldn't have. Um, I'm, I'm down, I'm down to, to try that down to, to get those insights and get those perspectives. So that's what, that's what it's been about for me. That's why the why for me about you guys. Yeah. I think it's a very similar thing. You know, growing up, I definitely, I was super anti all sort of drugs, recreational, non-recreational, and I was super judgmental about people who engaged in them. And my journey began with, with cannabis. And then uh, a, a good friend of mine led me down the path to do some psilocybin. But after doing my own research, I was unaware at how much study, how much rigor had gone into actually observing the effects, the, the short-term uh, mid and long-term effects of compounds like psilocybin, like MDMA, uh, like LSD on the psychology of people. And, and kind of like you said, AJ, being able to gain insights, but also this idea of an adaptogenic compound that can kind of go in and it's like the, you know, kind of like the athlete on the depth chart that can kind of work around and address any sort of areas that might need addressing. Uh, and I just thought that was a really powerful thing. And then you combine that with the, the relative safety of it uh, compared to a lot of different things that people are prescribed. And, you know, in different periods of my life, I've dealt with different bouts of, of, of depression. And at the time, I damn sure didn't call it that. You know, I was just off or I was just sad or frustrated or going through it. Um, and I think that the day and age that we live in, unfortunately, more people <laughs> than ever before, you know, are either being diagnosed as depressed and therefore being put on these medications or kind of just the circumstances of life and kind of this uh, digitization of everything and social media and all this other stuff. There's a lot of disconnection, even in this hyper-connected era uh, that people are dealing with and, you know, let alone economic, you know, troubles and all this other stuff. And so these substances, these compounds, in my opinion, are a pretty proven way to, to rattle something. And it's not like it's a, a one-time fix. So I don't look at it that way, but rather if somebody engages in this, I Ideally, something is rattled enough that it either brings attention like, oh, OK, this is an area that definitely needs some some work to be done uh, or brings up things that are uncomfortable. Because I know that some people, you know, two things people usually say set and setting. So the mindset you're in going into the, 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 the journey and then the setting you're in. Right. So literally your location um, and some people stay away from these compounds because of the idea of a bad trip. You know, and I'm of the mindset that there is no such thing as a bad trip. They're either trips that you were more prepared for or less prepared for. And 
I think that that kind of mindset has helped me uh, release the fear around doing any of these things because it's like, you know, for instance, every time I've done this, I always cry at some point. You know, um, sometimes it's real subtle. This last time out of nowhere, I just started like guffawing, like fucking weeping, you know, and it came out of nowhere. But going into that day, I had a hunch that that would be an area that would come up for me. And the hope was, okay, cool. Is there any area as much time as I have spent, you know, even though there's more time I could spend mulling over this issue on my own, hopefully this will kind of rattle something and bring something else to my attention. And another way for me to look at this, this um, aspect of my life, aspect of what I'm dealing with in a way that allows me to then uh, heal it in a more complete way, or at least address it or try to approach some degree of closure or move to the next chapter with it. And, you know, that can bring up a lot of different feelings, you know, but I, for one, never approach these substances from a recreational, oh, let's just have a good time perspective. Now, I will definitely spark a blood up, you know, from time to time also, yo, let's just have a good time perspective. But these sort of substances, because of their impact and, you know, even though I say there's no bad trip, there can definitely be some challenging trips uh, that you don't just want to, you know, stumble into by goddamn accident. I always go into it with a high degree of intention. Um, and I think that just only helps somebody navigate it and kind of have control over the whole situation, even though it's kind of going to introduce some variables that are likely outside of your control. And I know that AJ, you said that you're, you're down for the insights. You're down for something that, that brings a promise of uh, uncovering new things and but save on at the same time you were judgmental in your past. I would say that I lean more towards where you're at there, Savon, but I would take it one step further. And I almost wanted to run away from these substances, any kind of substance like this, because I didn't want to face things that I knew I have suppressed, that I know that I put in a box to the left and have not looked back at uh, for 10 years, 15 years, five years, three years, last relationship, four relationships before. Um, doing this the first time, like I think close to when you and I met <laughs> met in Spanish class, we had had a conversation about psilocybin. We had a conversation about mushrooms or DMT or or something else, and I remember immediately being like, "Nope, nope, 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 can't do that. Uh, uh, lose control? No, 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 no. I do that enough with alcohol. No, 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 no. Cannot, cannot, will not. No, 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 no. Uh, it's it's actually interesting. Even the uh the thoughts that I had right before we did it the first time, um. Or, you know, AJ and I went uh, on that journey ourselves the first time. Um, me wondering, like, is this going to expose a, is this going to expose a me to me that I'm not comfortable with? Is it going to expose to me things that, that I didn't think I was, that I won't be able to look back at myself in a mirror for after? And surely it did not. It did put me in a place where I was like, damn, I have to attack some things that I know were there. But, fuck man i mean that trip that we took most recently <laughs> that was a hell of a ride i don't think that my emotions have ever gone so aggressively up down left right sideways as they did in that six and a half hours what was Two the most challenging huh? what was the most challenging to you what 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 aspect of this was the most challenging to you I mean, you, you're overstimulated. You're used to in life trying to regulate. You can't regulate. If you're feeling something, that propensity is going to go to the moon. 
depending on dosage and depending on where you're at, but it, it doesn't, I don't know, man. It's like calming myself back down a hundred percent, the hardest thing period. hundred mm. percent. Mm. Beyond just challenging. What, what do you, so but definitely for the strain that we took, I definitely think we went a little, a little on the heavy, heavy side. Like it was a little over the top. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I stay, I'm, I'm with you there, James, on that being challenging. Just it, the very nature of the experience itself was challenging. But was there anything for you guys that the experience brought to the forefront that you were, were you know, James, you were mentioning like things that you'd buried. What's an example of something that, that this brought to the surface for you guys? If you're willing to discuss it. Yeah, we don't, no holds barred here. You want to start, <laughs> you want me to say one. All right, you can go, you can go. Uh, not showing up as a, as, as a, a servant leader in, in prior romantic relationships, not showing up for my mother in a relationship that was damaged by my dad dying, not um, stepping out of my dad's shadow and being my own man, not prioritizing what I want to do um, and living authentically there, not being more extreme in the aggression that I, that I carry, but shorten the amount of times that it comes out. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. It brought a lot of things to the surface. And the first time more so worked on a lot of things relationally that I wasn't even going to acknowledge. But this time the acknowledgement is already there. This was like, holy shit, we are working through them. They're here. We've got much growth to do. But like it, to me, it was, it was just something that I felt like it was, it was needed and it was needed. And I went into it. Savon, you said that you went into it, um, knowing that you had an inkling that some things were going to come out. I went into it thinking like, yo, whatever y'all want to face, I'll face down. We want to go, you know, four, we want to go three, we want to go two, we want to go seven. Like I'll, I'll run it. I don't have anything that I need to work on or so I thought going into it, but on the back end, I'm like, okay, yeah, there's definitely things. There's definitely things, but they're not, they're not like, can't look myself in the mirror. They're actually like, look myself back in the mirror. They're things that when I look at myself back in the mirror in the morning, I'm like, I can work on all these. I'm empowered to make the change. You know, I'm, I'm not living a double life and, and doing heinous things through the cover of darkness or behind closed doors. Like it's, they're, they're small tweaks that if I make, it could massively change my trajectory for the positive. So I wouldn't take it back. Even the uh, the very, very, very <laughs> aggressive paranoia there for a minute during the trip. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, what you just mentioned of how a lot of times it's small things, you know, but that's what's interesting about, the, you know, those sort of psychedelic substances in my experiences is they magnify everything, you know, and so it's like that whole idea that everything in life is sacred. You know, the, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So I think that's part of why when these realizations hit, at least for me, even if it's something I have thought of before, the the, the degree, you know, kind of the resolution on that micro, you know, the microscope over that issue is so refined that it's just like, holy hell, you know, and it kind of makes it this massive thing. And I think part of that is just so that, people, you know, we don't downplay the significance of behaviors that are part of our being, part of our conscious, subconscious recognizes 
could be improved or needs course correcting. Uh, because, you know, it's like if you're off of your heading by, you know, a degree, a half a degree, and you travel 10,000 kilos, like you're way off, you know, off, off the mark from where you're trying to go. Um, and the other thing is, is this idea of emotions being energetic, right? That literally emotion is energy in motion. And so if there's all of these emotions pent up in the body and they haven't really had a chance to be able to uh, release themselves out, then that can just compound and build in the body. And I carry a lot of shit in my body, emotionally speaking. You know, when I played football, I was able to get a lot of that energy out. Um, when I was at UGA and Ramsey all the time, I was able to get a lot of that energy out, but I've been more sedentary. I've been sitting a lot more. Um, and these experiences can help allow that energy to release. And going into it, you know, I was pretty sure that the, the, the main focus point would be around the baby, be around Haley, you know, kind of just, this transition point in life, uh, you know, which I definitely spent some time with, but kind of out of nowhere. And this was kind of, you know, I think we all called it like phase two of the, of the ride. You know, uh, we got up there, we all kind of sat down, got quiet, chilled out for a bit, got back up, kept walking and sat down again. And, you know, it went from just looking at the sky and just like, damn, you know, this is so beautiful to literally me just crying as I was thinking about, what I was or wasn't doing, in my opinion, adequately for Haley, you know, comparing uh, how close I felt to her uh, in prior parts of our relationship. And part of that being my ability to communicate well, uh, me making the time to communicate, me writing down my thoughts, writing to her um, versus, you know, and I was in a much different place. You know, there's a period where, you know, in hindsight, I probably prioritized her too much to my detriment, to her detriment. And then to kind of juxtapose that to this moment where literally, you know, she is building, she is creating, gestating our child. And this is some of the least I feel like I've been there for her, you know, and why is that in large part? Oh, because I'm over here worried about making money. And it was kind of like that dichotomy that made me feel sick, bro. You know, because it's like, that's one thing I've always told myself, you know, is that no matter where I'm at in life monetarily, I won't let this shit change me. But having seen me with that realization, it felt like, well, should you really be prioritizing, you know, work or business or fucking markets or prices, all this other shit in this key critical moment, you know, uh, where she's at, what she's going through. And, you know, we talked about it prior. We talked about it afterwards, you know, and she's like, no, I don't think you're doing a bad job. But it almost didn't matter how she felt about it, but how I felt about it. And I'm like, nah, I don't think I'm doing a great job. And, and so that definitely was, was a challenging thing. And then second to that was really kind of watching James go through it. Like I've never been on a trip with somebody else who I felt was having going through as difficult of, of a moment in that trip as James went through and part of that. And so then it was kind of like one hand felt like this responsibility of like, damn, you know, we kind of, let him into this and he's down for the doses we take in and, you know, we're all here together. So we got to look out for each other and me kind of feeling like, damn, what if I'm, what if I'm not able to take care of him? What if I'm not able to kind of keep this situation where, you know, I can continue to say down the road, there's no such thing as a bad trip, you know? Um, and, you know, I feel like I've never really, you know, James, you or AJ really seen any of y'all's demons like that. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and kind of have to distinguish like those demons from you, but still be there for the whole time. And, you know, mind meanwhile, I'm still on this shit myself, you know, and trying to make sure that I'm not uh, exacerbating the issue and can really kind of be there for you in the way that you need. Uh, and so that was definitely challenging for sure. Second to just, you know, what I was dealing with emotionally, that was certainly, you know, was giving me stress and anxiety. It's like, oh shit, like my boy going through it, man. Like how do I best help him in this situation? I've never actually had to help somebody this intensely, you know? And, and that was challenging. Mm. AJ? Yeah. Yeah, that whole the whole experience very much had a, uh, had that, that story arc, you know, everything starts out. <laughs> not perfect, but it's pretty good. And it's like, what what is that called? The hill of difficult. What do they call that point in the story? That's like the, the climax. The crisis. The, is it the climax? The crisis, and then uh, and then you know you're and then it's the crisis gets solved, and then there's the the part at the end where everybody hugs. And uh, we've had we had all those stages. <laughs> we might uh, have had a, a few more, more, more than one up there. Was up that, there was more than one, but I mean every good story has it has you know. You can't. We got some side plots. We got, the, we got the red. You got the side plots. You got the red hair in crisis. That and it's like no, that's not the real bad guy. There's, there's <laughs> yeah, we had the whole whole storyline, but yeah, the the thing that that really uh, there was a lot of different things smacking me the entire time. I, I went into it asking for. I think you're the one that has always suggested this, like kind of go in with some sort of idea of what you're wanting out of the experience. And I went into it asking for, for insights and clarity on, on where, what I need to do in the coming year and where I need to focus my time and energy. And this really built on the, so this is the second, well, there's been a couple other times (laughs) that I've taken them at very like smaller, smaller doses, but this is the second large substantial dose that I've taken. The first time was with James, it was just James and I. And, and this really, I felt like built on top of what I took out of that experience. And the biggest takeaway from that experience was that, and it, for everyone that knows me, I'm, I just, I developed an app. I mean, I'm very much like love building things and like tweaking things. And I'll, I'll sit alone up on my computer for an entire day and not talk to anyone and just, you know, just be, uh, just create things. And so uh, the biggest takeaway from that first experience was I need to talk to people more. Like I need to, it's not that I'm not antisocial. It's just like, I need to get out and interact and meet more people and, and build more relationships. Uh, not necessarily that I wasn't, that I was letting my relationships drop as much as like, I, I need to build more relationships. I need to interact with more people. Uh, and I feel like this experience was sort of came back to that same point and was like, okay, we get it. You're super stubborn. Here's why that's important. And I, I feel like the, there's sort of some curtains that came aside and I, I got some sort of deep insights that are hard to verbalize about how we interact as human beings. And I, at one point I felt like I was seeing human interaction from the perspective of a, of an entity that was not human. I was getting to look at it from the outside as if I was an alien studying human beings and watching them interact. And I, I, I got kind of taken out of my body into that role and was kind of looking at, um, at the, what uh, us interacting, uh, there's, there's other people out there in the mountains that were interacting and talking and walking. And I was getting to see that from a completely alien perspective. And my biggest takeaway from that was like, oh, it's not necessarily about exactly what you say. 
it's not about this, you know, saying this clever line or about, um, about convincing people with this strategy. That's not how human connection and and like connection and, um, and communication works. When two human beings talk to each other, things just happen. Not always, not with every single conversation, but you take a hundred conversations, a certain percentage of those conversations turn into something new, a new relationship, a new, a new venture, a new business, a new, a new trade of resources and, uh, or a new, you know, a new romantic connection. There's, there's things that come out of just human communication just because it happened. And so it was kind of like a, oh, you just it, like you, if you want your life to develop into what you want it to be, if you want to be the best version of yourself and achieve the things that you want to achieve in life. And this is sort of what I felt like the experience was telling me then you just need to get out there and talk to people because it's not, it's not about what you say. Don't overthink it. You're, you're not, you, you're not special. You're not here to, to say the right, perfect things or, or to, to save people from themselves or save them from in life or anything like that. Like you're just, you just need to talk to people because if you talk to enough people, things will happen and everything's going to work out. That was sort of what I was being hit with. So I felt like this, this was, basically the same message from my first experience, but it was more of a pulling aside the curtains and, okay, here's why that's the case. And, um, and there was lots of little side things on that. Lots of little side things when it comes to like overthinking and, and ego, and there's lots of little other messages in that, but that was kind of the gist of the entire message that I got, I got hit with pretty hard. And, and I, I have to say, I think it's not that I got, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I got a little bit lucky in a way. Uh, I, I did not get smacked. I feel like as hard on the emotional end as you and James got smacked there for a little bit. Kind of. I mean, I definitely. I, de- <laughs> I, 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 I along with everyone else, cried there for a bit. But um, I, I would did for the most part. I was getting a lot of that sort of like insight building on that first experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say, uh, and I mean, this is completely a judgment based on what I was feeling to look it around. It did not seem, it seemed like you were a little bit more tranquil. You were a little bit more calm. You're a little bit more like, ah, we're here and it's heightened and we're maybe doing a little floating, but it wasn't like, yo, let me take this straight between the eyes pop, you know, yeah. here, let me push you down the stairs, figure out if you can get up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hmm. You good you good, Savon? Yeah, my, my laptop was about to die, so I was trying to uh, covertly okay. plug it in. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't that covert, I suppose. Uh yeah. Yeah, man. That was certainly something that stood out to me was your groundedness throughout the entire thing. Like it was it was great. I was like, man, if all three of us were fucking a mess, oh you know. And yeah, I think there was part of the part of that energy as well. Of like, let me just let me just stay calm. Like, let, I'll let I'll let them kind of jump around a little bit. I'll just stay calm. <laughs> but it, it I didn't have a challenge. It wasn't challenging to stay calm. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, Speak for yourself. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, it was a, it was a little more of an even kill experience for me. But I just I feel like um, I feel like we all had our things that it was that 
we needed to address and that it was forcing us to face. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I'm being forced to face was not as much an emotional issue as much as it is just like a, Hey moron, like this is how <laughs> it works. Get out there. Start talking to people. Like <laughs> you didn't listen the first time. Here, here's here it is again. And in more detail. So mm-hmm. that was, yeah. No, for sure. And, and I think that like, it was, it was a good reminder too, that it doesn't have to, play out in some grandiose or dramatic way, you know, yeah. like literally I was super chilling. And then out of nowhere, it was like, you know, switch flip. And I feel like it was the same way with James, you know what I'm saying? Like shit was cool. And it was like, Oh shit. Oh, energy is different, you know? And um, that's just another thing about substances as a whole is they can kind of just accelerate change, you know, um, immediately in a lot of different ways. And I think that, Sometimes, especially in media or propaganda, it can it can hype or or uh, exaggerate what the actual experience is going to be like. Like, you know, the first time I did the, the the shrooms a few years ago, I had almost zero visual hallucinations. And I know a lot of people like that's one of the first things that they discuss or they acknowledge with something like this is you know how trippy things get. And I, I, I didn't see anything, you know, and sometimes people will misconstrue that as, oh, it's not working. It's not doing its thing. Cause even the first time we all three did it, I didn't feel anything palpably uh, in terms of sensory stimulation or change and, you know, emotionally uh, or kind of just, you know, from endocrine standpoint, I didn't really feel anything change that much, but I was swearing to myself, like, nah, bro, like, it doesn't mean it's not doing what it's supposed to do. You know, part of it is about expectation. Um, and I think that's one of the unique things about psychedelics versus something like cannabis, where for the most part, you know, if you ingest cannabis, you know, unless your tolerance is astronomically high, you're going to have an effect, you know, and you'll be able to point to that effect in, in one of a few very specific ways. Uh, whereas with these substances, my opinion, they can do all the work that they're supposed to be doing and you not even think that they're working, uh, which is the other cool thing about it to me. Yeah, that is super interesting. Definitely kind of challenges your expectations. Yeah, I'd say let's let's talk about for a second because um, I think it's related to the topic of expectations. Let's talk about this is we all, all have multiple experiences right now, but we still made a lot of mistakes in setting this one up. How, what what lessons uh what what are we going to do differently next time sure so i think one of the things we can do differently is um is <laughs> don't try to drive anywhere uh when we're done just immediately catch an uber immediately give, don't even give attempt. more time give it give more we, time yeah, yeah. Give, even if you think you're good give it more time yeah wait till like you are outstandingly certain that you're good uh, as opposed to like, no, nah, I'm straight. And that was, that was my bad. At one point I was like, yeah, I'm good. I can drive. And then like two minutes left, I can't drive. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, that's one that comes to mind for me. Um, I think, I think we approach the dosage responsibly in my opinion. Um, you know, I consulted and the strain we did for those listening was penis envy. Um and it's it's a much stronger strain than something like Golden Teachers, um, but yeah, man. So knowing that they were way stronger, I deliberately pulled the dosage back. I think it was either two point one or two point four grams, 
something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the dosage was handled responsibly. Um, I'm trying to think about what else. Yeah, definitely the driving thing. Uh, what other thoughts? What do you what, what do you think, AJ? Oh, well, I think I think the only reason we tried to drive is because we were cold. I think that was like probably the biggest mistake <laughs> was we started too late in the day. Slash, mm-hmm. we didn't have a plan for when it got colder, mm-hmm. and and we and we also. But like we underestimated how long it was going to last. Yeah. So I mean, we started with there being still like three hours of daylight mm-hmm. and we figured three hours we'll be, we'll be back. We'll be done. Yeah. Um, and it ended up being more like five. And so and as soon as that darkness hit, it just got really cold and we didn't, there was no plan in place for when that happened. Um, so I feel like, like I know for me next, next time we'll be in a, in a place, like it, it was nice doing it outside, but there needs to be a, wa- a place walking distance to get out to, to this comfortable. There needs to be always a fallback place walking distance away that is, is comfortable. It's warm. It's everything's already set up. Um, and I think, I think that's key. I think that's, so just kind of being out there, being out there on a mountain with no, nowhere to go except for a vehicle. <laughs> When yeah. it got dark and cold, that was a. I think that was a definitely a lesson learned. Yeah. So. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I mean, we can talk about things that we should have done better. But uh, I'd like to acknowledge the things that we did great. We didn't go into this with a bunch of people that we weren't comfortable being around in the state. I think a lot of people make the mistake of doing psilocybin um, recreationally at a, at a festival, um, and some people would say, "Oh, James, you're small minded to think that you shouldn't do it that way." Look, utilize how you'd like to. But understand also that like there's a lot more things out of your control with uh, 3,800 of your closest friends <laughs> moshing around you when you take uh, closer to a hero's dose of shrooms, like, you know, anywhere from two to whatever grams, um, you can't really control much. And you want to talk about overstimulated, I'm overstimulated and we were out in nature. We're overstimulated and we were around. I think we came in contact while we were. Like from first sitting to second sitting, I think we came in contact with maybe, and it was from a distance, maybe 15 people. Not even I can, directly. I cannot even, no, 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 not even like passing. I cannot even imagine if that was 3,800. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I think that, you know, the very first time I did it, I was in my own house. Um, it was nighttime and, you know, we were just listening to music basically the whole time. I was kind of like the plan we were preparing to go to the studio in a week or so. But I'm of the opinion that it's better to be outside uh, when somebody is tripping. So I think the point you made, AJ, is key of like, give yourself as much daylight as possible. Literally, it's the wintertime where we were not too far out from the shortest day of the year, uh, the winter solstice. And and yeah, so I don't think we did ourselves necessarily any favors there. Um, all the crying I was doing, I wasn't cold at all. Um, so when y'all were like it's cold, I was like, "Word, <laughs> like I feel fine." <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, man, just like being in a confined space on something like that, <clears throat> I think generally is not the move. Um, so even if if one is to transition to an indoor space, try to find a place with like high ceilings. Uh, try to find a place with soft materials. Um, you know, basically just that, that, that goes back to the setting thing. Make sure it will be difficult to hurt yourself, like very difficult. Because I think that when people kind of, if there are things that go really south, 
when people are on these substances, it's often because of an accident of something that they weren't factoring in. Like we, we got back to your spot, AJ, we weren't really thinking through the fire thing. And it's like, if somebody was being goofy, they could have sat their ass in the crib, you know, passed out from carbon monoxide. You know, uh, if somebody has a bunch of sharp shit laying around or a bunch of, you know, crazy ass corners in the environment they're in, they slip, they've been a little goofy, a little flimsy, reckless, and, you know, they don't hurt themselves in some sort of way. So uh, I just definitely think like open spaces with very little stuff. <laughs> like that's yeah. always worked for me. And that's a good thing about being outdoors. Uh, but granted, we were on a mountain, you know, mountains aren't very soft uh, and there are a lot of edges and cliffs. Um, so <laughs> I'm grateful we didn't, uh, we didn't fall victim to any of that. That shit would, oh man, that would be tragic. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I've, I haven't really ever had the experience of being, of being, have, having it be inside. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I'll take a hard um, pass on sense. inside. I'll take a hard pass. <laughs> I don't need anything that resembles a box. I'm, I'm totally yeah. good. Thank you, but no, thank you. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, one, th- one thing that was really interesting that I, I, we, we tried to talk there at the beginning, like after, right after it kicked in, we tried to talk for a while mm-hmm. and I just I had this experience when James and I did it too. It's just so useless. Yeah, it's like, dude, there's no, you can't communicate with other people. As soon as it <laughs> kicks in, it's like, you just need to, everyone just chill. I, I don't know if it was a complete waste of time, but there was very little actual communicating going on. It was like one person was talking for a while and like, and no one else understood what they were saying, but then they would try to, to, to add to that part of, add to what that first person said. But then also that made no sense. So it was just like layering nonsense on nonsense. Yeah, it was um, a farce. It was a farce. I quickly had that realization. That's why I walked off was just laughing and watching y'all talk. I was like, damn, I was just there trying to talk to it. Like, I don't even want to hear myself talk right now. Like, I don't <laughs> <fuck> up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think the conversation thing, like it's it gets very difficult with three with more than two people. Like just in I, my I experience, because I've had conversations yeah. with just one person because you truly they can talk and you can listen. You mm. can talk, they can listen. You know, and it's not like now there's a third on a person. high dose though. Yeah, I mean they weren't penis heavy. <laughs> it definitely wasn't, <laughs> and it was some LSD. But I think part of it is just the energy. Like that's what was funny to me yeah, is you know oftentimes when we when we us three talk about stuff, it's kind of from this oration debate standpoint of like let me try to frame the point I am making and see if I can if you see reason in the point I just made versus just sharing a thought with zero expectation, like you don't need nobody to respond to it. You don't need somebody to give any input, like literally just relaying something and that being like the end of it. You don't expect, you know, a a, a round trip flight on that idea. It's a one way. And uh, because I, every other time I've tripped, yes, there is always a point of silence. Um, But I've definitely had successful conversations. Um, but yeah, I think just, as I said, it magnifies the feeling It magnifies the experience. And so if we're starting to feel confused about what the other person is saying, that feeling of confusion and befuddlement is just heightened where it's like, ah, uh, like, like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, uh, and that's trying to understand what the other person say, like genuinely trying. And this is like slick blowing my heart. I'm like, ah, fuck, fuck, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. <laughs> this is shit. 
Probably will communicate better if we just sit. <laughs> but that shit was hilarious. Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was that was interesting. I could see I could see a smaller dose it being easier. And like you're saying with two people, that makes more so much more sense. Um, but I also feel like we were we took a we took a very top hero's dose as you as James was saying. And um yeah, I don't know. That was that was too much. That was too much, I feel like, to be able to successfully communicate. And anything other than yeah, I mean, I guess you're you're also right though. We do kind of kind of communicate in that way a lot. Um, of the, that kind of like back and forth and yeah if there was if, if it's just one-way communication that also I so know. i know we're uh, we're coming up on time here for this first iteration of this about sila Saiben today but um can uh can we kind of round table this no expectation of of running logical thoughts back and forth but just recommendations for people that are thinking about shrooms there's been many people the same way that i came to save on uh that are hesitant and i'm i'm by no means pushing anyone to do anything um but for the amount of years and the amount of resistance i put up to this substance being a part of my life to now see the benefit of it over the past six months and me able to work through many many things that i haven't worked through in 10 years what advice would y'all give to people that are on the fence or or in a place where they're like, yo, these uh, this Zoloft ain't doing it. This, you know, this Xanax ain't doing it. Thoughts? Yeah, I think it'd be very clear. Be very clear on why you're doing it. Um, and that answer doesn't have to be phenomenal. It doesn't have to be anything grand, but have clarity. Like, okay, like AJ, you said, I want clarity. Great. That's a great reason. Super clear. Um, but don't go into it without knowing why you're doing it. Because <clears throat> I think that's when people can run into trouble. Um, but also when you go into it, don't necessarily expect to get what you went into it for. Um, yeah, so you kind of have to be detached from the experience. Uh, and then while you're doing it, don't try to logic it. Don't try to logic it. It's always been a very, it's been a deeply feeling thing for me and a, um, an experiential thing in the moment. Uh, a lot of times the logicing comes later, but a lot of times in the moment, it's it's very experiential. So, uh, yeah. And then if you're doing it for the first time, don't do it by yourself. Do it with somebody ideally who's already done it. Or if you do it by yourself, start with a very low dose, like lower than you might even be able to tangibly notice uh, just to, to be safe, because you don't really know how you may respond, especially if you've never done something like that before. AJ, uh, it's not going to fix your problems. I think that's really important to, mm-hmm. to point out. Like, I think that may be a temptation too. On the other end, when someone's like, "Oh man," like, well, eh, what you were saying with Zoloft and, and Zed, I mean, like, it's not. This is not something that's going to magically make you not depressed anymore, or magically make you, um, I don't know, be able to to be more charismatic. It's not going to just flip a switch. But I feel like what it but at least what it's done for me in many ways is sort of illuminate the path forward. And, and, and I think, so I think that's important is like, don't, don't realize that like, this is not, this is not going to, and, and by that same token, cause it's not going to fix everything. It's also not going to change things that you didn't want changed. I think that was a fear of mine going into it was like, um, this, this might change me completely. Like I may be a different <laughs> person on the other end and not be that and not, and the changes made may not be the changes that I wanted made. 
Um, and I think that's, that's, just, that's silly. Like it's not going to happen. You know, you, you could, I mean, you, you could go through it and, uh, and completely ignore any of your takeaways as well. Like it's nothing, nothing that you get out of this is somehow like stuck with you, but it, um, in not, not in that, not in the way that anyone should be like scared of, uh, Oh no, I don't want to do that. Cause I, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll change me forever. It's yeah, I think that's so silly. <laughs> kind of a silly idea about this but um but yeah it is it is it is helpful so i don't know that's that's what my suggestion would be like don't expect this to fix anything and also don't expect it to change things that you don't want it to change because that's, that's not how it works james mm. i'm gonna say yeah be open your mind to it i mean you motherfuckers open your mind to alcohol seven days a week. So why can't you open your mind to a little bit of psilocybin? You open your mind to um, pharmaceuticals left, right, and sideways. I, I don't know why this is uh, any scarier than that. If anything, it's a little bit more natural than that. Uh, but there again, I'm talking to myself. I mean, for years and years and years, I was like, no, alcohol's legal. <laughs> this is not, you know? Uh, and it was, it was kind of for years and years also, you know, I'm looking at at uh at things like MK Ultra and other stuff, and I'm like, mm. oh, the boogeyman, the boogeyman. Having a little bit of understanding of of uh, some things that our our government and our governmental agencies have done with uh, psychoactives in the past, I was like, I just kind of put this plant medicine right there with it, and then thought that everyone that was doing things like ayahuasca was Aubrey Marcus and was a little woo woo out there, you know, like. There's not, there's not an archetype. I don't think that, um, that you, that looks like a, like, I don't think that the archetype that, that is someone who uses psilocybin for, for benefit or betterment of life is that hippie. Like it's been marketed with propaganda for years and years and years. Many of the people that I know that have taken the most benefit that I personally know from psilocybin look almost the antithesis of a mm-hmm. hippie, you know, but for, all I could see was, oh, no, like <laughs> the war on drugs, you know, and all those people that are out here dancing in fields and uh, escaping <laughs> Vietnam. You know what I mean? Like that is where it was programmed. And maybe that was my upbringing. Maybe it was the part of the United States that I grew up in. Maybe it's a combination of everything, but I'll be open. I mean, just as therapy works for some people, you know, fitness works for other people. Like there's it's a tool, Right. It's a tool. And if you allow it to do the work that it, that it has a capability to do, you'll derive benefit from it. If you don't allow it, it's just like AJ said, you're not going to be, um, you know, you're not going to be Siddhartha tomorrow. If you do a silly amount of shrooms, like that's not going to happen. You know, you're not going to be Mahatma Gandhi like that. It's just not a, it's not an overnight thing, but I would also say that you should be open to it. Should absolutely be open to it. And I'm going to shut up now. Support all that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll add one other thing that is just that it is a unique experience. I think I've heard that from, from people before. It's like, ah, I don't need that. I have X. I do X. I meditate or like, you know, and it's like, uh, this is unique. Just like I think every different, every psychedelic is probably unique in what, in the experience that it provides and, and how it, how it might affect you. But yeah, yeah, it's it is going to help you in ways that I don't think anything else is quite going to do the same thing. But 
I mean, that is also an absolute statement. So who knows? But yeah, I think a way to look at it is it can open a door or it can show you a door to begin with. Eventually it can open a door, but it will never force you to walk through it. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. So. Hell cool. yeah. Well, thank you for uh, for joining us, AJ. And when you added that comment at the end, James, now I'm like, damn, in part two, we got to talk about the MK Ultra side of it because, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of game there too. So, <laughs> yeah, be careful. Tread, tread carefully. Don't tread fearfully, but tread carefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. We're going to wrap there. Uh, we're up on time today. Thank you all for coming out. AJ, thank you for coming in. We'll have you back on the podcast uh, for not only a part two on this, but uh, some other things. So y'all be on the lookout for him. Uh, and as always, you can find us on all streaming sites. You can find us also on YouTube on long form and with snippets. Um, and if you have someone that you'd like to see on our podcast or you've got some feedback that you want to provide to us, DMs are open. Emails are open. Holla at us. Um, you can find us at. Uh, you can email us at blessings at 80020.life. You can find us on YouTube at 8020, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, and IG on it at 8020. And then website, Savon? Website is 8020.life. I'm pretty sure. Yeah www.8020.life um, and we will tag AJ in the snippets that he's in uh, so long as he wants that and um, yeah we'll catch you next week thank you all for listening and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode peace peace